Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. I'm going to talk to you about uh, the book of Romans today. Take uh, your Bible out. Did you get a handout? Did everybody get a, a piece of paper handout? Did you not get one? Yeah, like this right here. If you did not get one, raise your hand. We'll get one to you real quickly like here. And so we're talking about the book of Romans. We go through uh, one book of the Bible, and uh, we just got through with the book of Mark. We've done many, many other books of the Bible, to, and uh, we're right now tromping through the book of Romans. Romans is a book of soteriology, and uh, which is just a big fancy word for salvation, the doctrine of salvation. Say the doctrine of salvation. You need to know what it is to be saved. You need to know how to be saved, right? And you need to know how important that it is to give your life over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Soteriology, uh, the book of Romans, the book of soteriology. I can... Uh, did anybody ever have the privilege of leading someone to the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, just talking them through and showing them how to give their life to Jesus? And, uh, you know, I remember when I first gave my life to the Lord, I was very enthusiastic, and I still am today, just as enthusiastic today as I was back when I was a teenager, and I gave my life to Jesus earlier than that. But uh, one thing that I figured out, something that, that God's Bible is full of blessings. How many of you know that this Word of God is full of blessings? Amen? Promises. I want you to hold your Bible up, your telephone, your whatever you got, or your PC. Lift it up and say, every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. I'm trusting in his love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. Oh, that's awesome. So uh, I don't know where that came from. I think it was a song or something written about 405 years ago when... Uh, what's his name was a pup. Anyhow, um, uh, the book of Romans, book of soteriology. I remember when I was a, a, a boy in school, I would take my Bible with me to school. And they taught me one thing about it. Always have your Bible dusted off, right? How many remember those days, right? Today you, you, you use uh, screen cleaner, but uh, you get your Bible all, all cleaned off and all those nice things. And uh, always you want to put your Bible on top of the stack of your books. Do you, anybody remember learning that in school? And, uh, well, you didn't learn it in school. You took it with you and taught people in school about that. And then uh, I had such a burning desire to win people to Jesus Christ and to tell them how to give their life to the Lord because I was... Fortunately, I was born in Bible college. Isn't that great? And uh, so my mom and daddy was in Bible college. I've just been a Christian all my life, and uh, I'm a good one. I believe in the Word of God, and I have served Him with all my heart, soul, and might, and that's just what I do. And I want to share that with other people and let them learn how to uh, have Jesus into their heart, be ready to go to heaven, forgive them their sins, and all those things. And so uh, I wanted to share the love of Jesus with my friends they came in contact with, but I couldn't remember what scriptures to tell them. I couldn't remember how to lead them to the Lord. I knew I wanted to, but I didn't know how. And so today I uh, printed up some things for you, and I would like to, to show you how that I use the book of Romans 
as, uh, as I, I come across something when I was a kid. I, it was called the Romans Road. The Romans Road. You can look it up and uh, on internet or whatever and find out what the Romans Road is. The Romans Road is a, is the book of soteriology, the doctrine of salvation, and uh, it teaches you how to give your life over to the Lord Jesus Christ and get saved, be ready to go to heaven. Is that good? And so that's what Romans is all about. And so uh, when I learned that, what I did, since I have a very short memory, uh, except uh, remembering the names of my old girlfriends, but anyhow, uh, I had a very short memory. Let's see, what was her name? I don't remember now. And so I figured out what I would do. I would write in the front of my Bible, and I would uh, highlight it. And usually I would highlight it in blue. But in this Bible, I have it highlighted in yellow. And so Romans 3.23. And if you look on that sheet of paper that I gave you, if you're going to lead somebody to Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, you'll find that where do you start on the Romans road? And we start off in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. And so I write that in the front of my Bible. And then when I'm ready to lead someone to the Lord, I turn to Romans 3.23. If you don't know how to get there, look in the index. It'll take you to the book of Romans. And then in Romans 3.23, I have that highlighted in my Bible right here, Romans 3.23. And so if I want to lead somebody to Jesus Christ, I look in the front of my Bible and say, how do I get there? Romans 3.23. I turn to Romans 3.23, and it's highlighted. So where do you go next? And down at the bottom of the page, I write the next verse down, and I highlight that. And you'll see the next verse in the Romans Road is Romans 6.23. And so then if you go to Romans 6.23, you'll find that right there it is, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And where do I go from there? Down at the bottom, highlighted says Romans 5.8. And I'll never forget the first time that I had the opportunity to go down to an altar and uh, talk with somebody and lead them to the Lord. I said, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ? Yes, I do. Well, let me show you what the Bible has to say. Romans 3.23. It says this, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Hello. And uh, then uh, down below it says, go to Romans uh, 6.23. And it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then it goes to Romans 5, chapter chapter 5 and verse number 8. And it says, but God commendeth his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then down at the bottom, it says from there, you're going to go to Romans 10.10. 10. And I turn to Romans 10.10. 10. And how easy it is to lead somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ. And after that, I became like a uh, a sinner hunter because I really enjoyed leading people to Jesus and I could walk them through that. And then when I got all the way to the last one, which was uh, Romans eleven thirty six, 36, uh, it, Romans eleven thirty six 36 is, a, is kind of a, a, a little more difficult to understand, but it says, for of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever, amen, which means make him the Lord of your life. Would you like to make him the Lord of your life today? Hello? Then I want you to say this prayer with me. And I go clear back in the back on the very back page so I didn't forget the prayer. And I would say, would you bow your head with me and pray this prayer? Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me of my sin. I want to follow after you. Amen. Isn't that cool? That's the Romans road. And so uh, I, I thought I would print that off for you today and make it easy for you 
to also win somebody over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, sin is an interesting subject. And uh, the Bible refers to Lucifer. Anybody heard Lucifer? And uh, he's also called the son of the morning. He's also known as Satan. He's also known as the devil. And how that he introduced sin into the world. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse number 12 talks about how that uh, Lucifer was a, uh, one of the song leaders in heaven, I guess they, they tell me. He was, he was very influential there. And then uh, he got the big head and decided he was going to become greater than God. And Lucifer was cast out of heaven. You know the story. If you know what I'm talking about, raise up your hand. I was cast down on, on the planet earth and all this stuff, Satan the devil and all of his imps and all of that. And Isaiah chapter 14 talks about the king of Babylon in reference uh, then in prophetic word to uh, Lucifer. said, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? which did weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. See you later, alligator. Right? Was Oh, that's uh, the New International uh, Living Bible, according to Pastor Larry Block. And so we know the story about Satan coming down into the Garden of Eden where there was no sin, and then he introduced sin. The results of the first sin that was committed in the Garden of Eden, unfortunately, sin became common practice. We know about that. Now, the Bible also has a lot to say about sin, and this is what it says. The Bible makes it very clear. That sin is not just a bad thing to do. Sin is more than just a bad thing. Oh, you lied? That's a bad thing. Sin is more than just a bad thing to do. Sin is virtually against God. When we sin, it's not just a bad thing that we do. It's against God. And therefore, it separates us from God. And so the Old Testament law was given to us to enable us to have a list of things really that are sin. If you want to know a list, just look around. Somebody will give you a list of what you're doing wrong, right? But the Old Testament law was given to us to help us understand the definition of sin. But the New Testament scriptures also, and all the Old Testament scriptures, define sin through various definitions. Let me give you some examples. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 21 says, He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth. Now, I'm not talking about the book of man next door to you. I'm talking about his, your neighbor is basically mankind. He that despiseth his neighbor. Did you ever find out how, see how easy it is to get just ticked off at the world? Get ticked off at people? Get despising people? I'd just rather be away from people. I'd just rather be by myself because I don't like people. Because people are just people. See what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? Well, he that despiseth people sinneth. 
Proverbs 24, 9. Here's a good one. The thought of foolishness is sin. Oh, that's just foolishness. Well, it goes more than that. Because foolishness goes even deeper than just saying something real stupid. It goes deeper than that. It goes like foolishness is the fool has said in his heart, there's no God. We hear that today, don't we? Oh, there's no God. Religion. I can remember when religion and going to church and all these things was so very, very sacred. Nowadays, there's a division. There's a separation that says, well, it's not real. God's not real. And all this, you know what I'm talking about? The fool has said in his heart, there's no God. Well, the thought of foolishness is sin. Romans 14, 23 says it this way. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Jesus said, well, if you believe in your heart and not doubt, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed, it can be cast in the deepest sea. How easy it is to get off in negativism. Oh, I don't believe this. I don't believe that. There's things are, you know, going to the ocean in a handbasket. That's just south of hell maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? We're, we're, what, kind of a, what kind of a light are you? Are you a naysayer, you know? Are you an Eeyore Christian? Everybody knows. And so whoever committeth sin transgresseth against the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Now, what is the law? The law is our writ to teach us what's right and what's wrong what pleases God and what doesn't please God, what displeases God. And so when we sin, it's not only against God, it's against the word of God. It's against the law. And whoever committed sin transgressing the law. And 1 John 5, 17 says it this way. All unrighteousness is sin. And there is a sin not unto death. In other words, we can transgress against the law and we can transgress against God. It's not unto death, but it would just certainly make you some kind of a puny Christian, right? won't make you victorious. It will make you stumbling all the time. There's a sin that's not unto death, but it's sin. It's against God. And sin separates us from God. And if, in fact... Sin that separates us from God would be left unresolvable if the final word was we sin against God so we're separated from God eternally. If that were the final word, it would be catastrophic. Can you say amen to that? But not completely. It would be completely unimaginable to be separated from God. But our God so loved the world that he later gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. In other words, through Jesus Christ. We sang about him earlier. Sin is forgiven. Sin is forgotten. Never to be remembered against us anymore. Now, 
Prior to sending Jesus as the one and only sacrifice for our sin, God created an answer. And that's what I want to talk about in my message today. God created an answer for absolutely an absolutely lost and hopeless world. And get this, the answer to that issue is the altar. The altar. Would you say the altar? The altar is so important. Because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. We know that. And so the altar was the place where you would bring the blood of bulls and goats and appease God by offering regularly a sacrifice on the altar. In fact, if you're going to go to the altar of incense, you would mix together the altar of the bulls and the goats and have equal portions and you would pour it on the altar of incense. But the altar of sacrifice for forgiveness is a place where it eradicates all of your sin, is at the altar. Annually committed sins, and it would put the person back in a right relationship with the law, and it would put them in right relationship with God, and it was accounted to them as righteousness. Now, Righteous means that you can go into the presence of God and you can commune with God. And so every year, people would sin, 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 sin. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really not all that funny because we still do that. Sin, sin, sin. But at the end of the year, they would take their sacrifice, the bull of the goat, and they would drag it to Jerusalem. They would take it into the synagogue, wherever they were, take it to the altar. A sacrificial lamb, a bull, the best of the herd without spot. And they would bring him in there and they take him to the priest, the pastor, give him to the priest on a, on a leash. Big old bull. <laughs> Hi. That's a lot of bull. <laughs> and the person who wanted to be in right standing with God would put his hand on the head of that bull or goat, would, would put his hand in the hand of the priest. Come here, Brandon. So you're the sinner. Come here, you're the bull. Oh, wait a minute. You're the bull. And he's the sinner. I remember now. now I, I got that mixed up. So would you, would you just brought a bull? Well, you brought a good-looking one. <laughs> Say amen. All right, so the once a year, so you've sinned and done all this stuff. So what we're going to do, you, you're separated from God. If you do not go to the altar and ask for forgiveness of your sins, if you do not go to this altar and do this, you're totally separated from God. But you want to be right relationship with God, right? So I'm going to take your hand. You hold the mic with the other hand. Put it up here. And I'm going to put my hand on the head of the bull. And we're going to transfer his sin into the bull. And then we're going to take his head off. And we're going to take all the blood because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And we're going to pour that blood all around the altar and we're going to take this bull and we're going to lay it on the altar and let the fire of God burn it up so that this man can be in right relationship with God. 
Amen? So, get the bull out of here. Now, the altar. Say the altar. That's the simple answer. The altar was this place where we did this, and it, can, and it was accounted to them as righteousness. When he got done doing this, he was as clean as God. He was righteous because there was the shedding of the blood. Well, it was called the altar of burnt offering. It was a place of slaughter, a place of sacrifice. It was called the altar, the burnt offering. The, the brazen altar, the outer altar. <clears throat> and in Romans chapter 3 and verse 20 says, no one was declared righteous in his sight by just observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. Because of the scriptures, we become conscious of sins. We can read in the Bible what is sin and what is wrong. We become conscious of sin, but that's not enough just to know that that is a sin. You have to tie the consciousness of the word of God combined with a sacrifice on the altar. That's what puts you in right standing. So you can carry this word of God till you're blue in the face. You can have a good book and all this kind of stuff until you're Mr. Good Book. But if you don't get to the altar and put the blood into your life to cleanse you from all sin, all you're going to be is a book carrier. But when you apply the blood to your life, then you become in right relationship with God. See, if you're not in right relationship with God, you may know this or you may not know it, but when you talk to God, he won't listen to you. Until you give your life to him and, and, and put the blood of Jesus Christ in your life, you know, you're talking to a brick wall. But when you apply the blood, then, it puts you in right relationship with him, right standing, and you can have communication with him as your father and you the son daughter of God. Can you say amen to that? So it's the altar. Now, Romans 3.23 says nobody's exempt from this. It said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the first one I gave you on the list. And the book of Hebrews calls this path the better way. What's the better way? Well, our text this morning from the Message Bible, tells us what the better way is. We're going to read our text this morning. So here's the better way. In other words, the reason that it has to go to a better way is because this business of taking your altar to the sacrifice yearly and then living like you want to isn't really acceptable in the sight of God. And so... Romans 3.21, this is the scripture that we're going through in the book of Romans. But in our time, this is not the sinner and the bull time, our time. We don't do it that way anymore. In our time, Jesus is the sacrifice, not the bull. But in our time, something new has been added. 
what Moses and the prophets witnessed to all those years has happened. They talk about the coming of the Messiah, the dying on the cross, the sacrificial lamb has come to pass. The God setting things right. Before it was Josh setting things right by bringing a bull and slaughtering it on the sacrifice. But that now in this time, it's God setting things right for him. He doesn't have to do it on his own. God does it for him. The God setting things right that we read about has become Jesus setting things right for us. And not only for us, but for everyone who believes in Jesus. For there's no difference between us and them in this, speaking of the Jews and the Gentiles, or when they sacrificed the bull, according to... There's no difference. Since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, King James Version says, for all of sin that comes short of the glory of God. Since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, both us and them, and proved that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious life, hello, that God wills for us, God did it for us. Out of sheer generosity, he put us in right standing with himself, a pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in. What's the mess? Separation from God, no communication with God, eternal damnation. He got us right, he got us out of that uh, uh, mess that we're in and restored us to where he always wanted us to be. Father-son relationship. I'll be a father, you be a son. And he did it by means of Jesus Christ. Say amen to that. Now, look at this is what I want you to get right here. It's on two pages, but I want you to get this. God sacrificed Jesus on the on the altar. What's the altar that God sacrificed Jesus on? That's right. It's the altar that I'm preaching on this morning. So God sacrificed Jesus on the altar like Josh offered his sins on the altar to the bull, God sacrificed Jesus on the altar of the world to clear that world of sin. Ooh, hallelujah. Having faith in him sets us in the clear. God decided on this course of action in full view of the public to set the world in the clear with himself through the sacrifice of Jesus, finally taking care of the sins he had so patiently Endured. I'm going to stop there. You can go read the rest of it when you get home. But for the sake of time, I'm going to go with that. Now, we have the altar, the brazen altar. Now we have the altar, the old rugged cross. But there's another altar that I want to talk about you to today. And really, this is the most important altar. And that is the altar that we make in our heart. For we bow before him with a broken and a contrite heart. We make an altar unto him. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved and sin doth no longer have dominion over me. At our altar in our hearts, declaring him to be the Lord and Savior of our lives is by far the most important step that you will ever 
take in your life. And so, we have an altar where we kneel before him. Now, I want to present something to you today because really, I'm, I'm going to make this an altar. I'm going to make this represent this brazen altar. I'm going to make that represent the altar of the world, the cross that Jesus was sacrificed on. And now, on a daily basis, we need to offer ourselves at an altar. Not just an imaginable thought process, but a place where we kneel. A place where we come into the house of God and we kneel at an altar. And we bow with a humble and a contrite spirit. And we bow before the Almighty. And it puts us as though we had made a sacrifice for our sin. It puts us as though we had been nailed to the cross. And we present ourselves a sacrifice unto the Lord at an altar. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you, slip out of your seat and just kneel down. Put your elbows on the chair in front of you. Would you do that? Would you just slip down if you can? And the reason I'm asking you to do this today because maybe, maybe you've never knelt before God. Maybe you've never really made an altar other than just something you think about. And so, in the back of my Bible, I wrote down this little prayer. And so today as we kneel, I would like for all of us to pray this prayer together. Maybe, you've never, maybe your children have never seen you kneel before God. Maybe your spouse has never seen you kneel beside your bed or at your couch or just kneel down and bow your head and say, Lord, say it with me. Be merciful to me, a sinner. For I have sinned. And I have come short of the glory of God. Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me of my sin. I want to follow after you. Amen. See how that is? Doesn't that feel good to bow before the almighty God and let him cleanse you of that? And then I want to teach you something else on the back side of that paper that I gave you is the Lord's Prayer. I want to help you to pray the Lord's Prayer to the Lord today. And I'm going to use that as demarcations to lead you. And so the first one on the back is our Father in heaven, how holy is your name. So I'm going to pray that demarcation with you. 
I'm going to show you a way to do this. Heavenly Father, I love you. You are a holy God. Your name is holy. I ask you to bring your kingdom to me. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life. As it is in heaven, let your will be done in my life. Help me to live a life that's heavenly. Help me to live a life pleasing to you. And Father, I ask that your will be done in my life. Not my will, but your will. Teach me your will, Lord, and help me to follow your will. And Lord, would you just help me take care of my family? Would you give us our daily bread? Come on, church, pray it like you mean it. And would you keep a, a, a roof over my head or a place to lay my head? But Father, would you, come on, Father, would you help me every day to survive and to have the things that I need? And once again, Father, daily forgive me of my sins. As Help me, Lord, to forgive others who have trespassed against me, who have hurt my feelings, who have done evil against me. Help me to forgive them, Lord, and keep me from temptations. I fall so easily. I make so many mistakes. But I want to be what you want me to be. So lead me not into temptation. And please, Lord, deliver me from evil. And I worship and honor you. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want you to do one more thing for me. This might be strange, but I want you to just lift up both your hands. Say thank you.